Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Have you ever been mansplained to, I have to say, I haven't been looking forward to talking about this all morning. Um, uh, Megan says, this is a great idea now, Joe. Now, you, could, you could learn something uh, from, from this. Uh, so anyway, we'll see if I do. Um, President of the University of Limerick Feminist Society, uh, Edana Flynn, and journalism graduate, Caitlin Griffin, uh, join us on the line uh, now. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Not the safest territory for a man to be in this morning, but anyway, um, uh, Caitlin, have you ever been mansplained to, and uh, what was that like? Um, I'd say everyone, every girl probably has experienced it once or twice now, but um, I suppose most recently, um, I know I was working in a restaurant, I was holding a tray, and Jesus, I'd say for 15 minutes, the guy took the tray off me, telling me how I was holding it wrong, and this is how I should be holding it and all this stuff. So I'd say that is definitely mansplaining. <laughs> I, I mean, were you just standing there looking at him? or? Uh... I was just standing, yeah, I was standing there. I was kind of like, like I couldn't kind of believe what was kind of going on. I thought he was messing at first. But then it kind of kept going on about how he's doing it wrong and how I'd be able to sit more drinks on the tray if I did this. And I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> At any point did you go, well, listen, thank you very much for that fascinating and irrelevant lesson, but I've got more important things to be doing. I was kind of like, uh, I did, like, after a while, I was trying to be polite as well, but I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this is what works for me, this is how everyone else here does this. And then he was just kind of saying, well, I've been watching, um, you bring up the, the food and drinks all night and you're just doing completely wrong and, like, you'd be way better off if you did it like this. And I was just, okay. <laughs> Why would anybody take the time to do that? Right, yeah, it's that that's the kind of thing. And I suppose, like, mansplaining probably gets a, a bad rep, but I think it's mansplaining if it's, like, condescending or if they're being a bit ignorant, like, like that's kind of... It's not like if, if um, a man explains something to you, if you've asked for something to be explained, but if it's condescending or if it's kind of ignorant like that, then it definitely is. Yeah, well, I mean, women have been sharing stories again um, online uh, across social media about mansplaining and some of the examples are just phenomenal. I mean, for example, one woman said, my boyfriend tried to explain to me the difference between glassware used in a lab and regular glassware. Lab glassware is made from a particular type of glass and is more resistant to sudden temperature changes, blah, blah, blah. But the woman says, my job involves work in a lab. My boyfriend works in IT. There's another one here um, uh, between my ex explaining the wrong definition of friend zone was one terrible example and another guy telling me I was wrong about the anatomy of the species that I'm studying for my master's. Uh, Another one, uh, one time my male co-worker let me know that if I want to call out or highlight certain words or sentences in an email, I could put them in what's called bold text. Ah, seriously. Um, Another example, I got mansplained about farm economics once. I grew up on a farm, worked for a farm-related tech company, and at the time was regularly attending farm economy educational events. Another one, I was mansplained how to pronounce my own name. I remember my brother once telling uh, a roomful that a man's voice changing was worse than childbirth. 
I swear, if there wasn't a room full of kids, my mother would have decked him. Uh, instead, she was like, uh, you give birth and get back to me. Um, when I asked a car salesman about safety features on a certain car, he pointed out the seat belt and then showed me how it clips. My brother tried to tell me that I should have done better managing my moods when I was in labour. I felt sorry for his then pregnant wife who was standing there listening. Didn't look like she was going to be supported. Now, we're chatting to Caitlin Griffin and Adana Flynn about that. Now, Caitlin has her own bizarre example. I've just given a, a few more of them there that are doing the rounds on social media at the moment, um, Adana. I mean, it's almost mad stuff in ways, isn't it? It is, and it's it's funny because, you know, like I think Caitlin explained it really well and then those examples do kind of encompass it as well. Um, but I actually remember uh, somebody, he was a, a master student who came to a feminist society meeting and it's always great to see men come because um, we do want, obviously, to have a really diverse uh, membership and, and for everybody to be there. It's a very inclusive environment. But he started explaining feminism to me, he sat down beside me and he actually started talking to me about feminism and why he believed it was uh, we were we were going about this totally the wrong way. And so he came to a know, feminist society meeting and explained feminism to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right. he he was telling me, oh gosh, it was. Um, he said that the 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 term feminism was far too gendered for it to be about equality. And then he explained to me why we weren't going for equality. It was basically the idea, what's known as performed misandry online. It's, it's this idea of like, if you see someone on Twitter say men are trash. Um, and I said, I don't really think that the term, you know, like if somebody saying men are trash in a, in a tweet online can, can speak for the entire movement. Um, but he was, he was convinced and he was giving me a lot of pointers um, on how how to go about being a feminist, and it was quite interesting. Oh, and what did you I say did, to him, Adana? Now I was very good. I, I bit my tongue, <laughs> but I just said to him, "Look, I mean, feminism is the, the term is gendered because it's it's coming from a the, the main perspective did originate from the, the woman's point of view. It's 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 a systemic. It was systemically brought about." Um, the same way, you know, when you say Black Lives Matter, it's not to say nothing else matters. It's to say that, systemically speaking, this is a group that has faced discrimination and oppression uh, more so than another group. Um, and it's not to invalidate anybody else's experiences. That's just where it originated from. Um, and, you know, he kind of, he said, oh, he said, yeah, I see what you're trying to say, but, and then, you know, sometimes you just have to give up and say, okay, this conversation isn't going anywhere. And it's, it's, it can come across as though it's well-intentioned, but I know for, I know from speaking to male friends of mine that they, they don't do that to one another. You know, a man won't mansplain to another man. So when we try to explain mansplaining, I had to talk to my dad about it recently. I said, well, would you speak to another man like that? Well, sure, he knows what he's talking about. You say, okay, well, you have to afford women the same. Like, we know what we're talking about. Um, we don't need what we're saying or what we're doing explained to us because we have a fairly good idea of it already. And that's kind of the heart of it. And it's, it's not always, you know, Ill, ill-intentioned or it's not always meant to be condescending, but 
there there needs to be the consideration that that's how it's going to come across. Right. Um, um, we're chatting to uh, Dana Flynn, uh, who is president of the Feminist Society at the University of Limerick and journalism graduate Caitlin Griffin is also uh, with us. Now, here you go. Dermot has been in touch to say, I've been a victim of woman-splaining. It's called nagging. Oh, I'm terribly sorry for his affliction. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that must be so bad, Dermot. God love you. Um, woman explaining, I think, is is another thing that that is actually a thing, but I feel like the nature of it is different. Um, like I, I kind of feel like it comes from a place of exasperation more than anything else. I think a lot of us have been guilty of it, but I think woman explaining happens more woman on woman than woman to man. Not to invalidate anybody's experience, but you know that that tends to be the case. So uh, do you think that do you think that this is so ingrained in in our society that all men even men who feel they're conscious of this will engage in it at some stage Um yeah I, well it's hard to know I mean I know a lot of people who who don't do it and I think it is ingrained, but I, I don't believe it's done intentionally all the time. And I think if someone points out to you that you're a woman explaining or man explaining, obviously if they do it politely and constructively, do take that on board because um, I think it's an area we can all do better in. And Caitlin, you know, do you think that a guy, you know, sitting in a room with a man and a woman, do you think that if that guy is corrected by uh, a woman, um, and if he were corrected by the man in the room in exactly the same way, that he would react differently based on the gender of the person speaking to him? I think, like, it obviously it really depends on the people, but I think sometimes it can. Like, um, it depends on the delivery of someone correcting uh, that, that man because, like, no one really likes to be corrected or everyone kind of gets a bit of a, oh, and they've been corrected. So, like, if a woman was to correct a man, it's possibly that they are a bit like, oh, yeah, like, and kind of brush it off. And they might be a bit more embarrassed if the other man, like, were to correct them or pull them up on something that they've said in a room. They might be a bit more, you know, um, not or kind of embarrassed, yes. Mm. And how far are we away from this no longer being a problem or having reduced to the point that it, it becomes an irrelevance? Um, I think the more that people kind of speak up about it, um, as I said, like, you know, mansplaining is just when things are a bit condescending or it's an unwanted comment or explanation that, like, a woman or someone else is not looking for. They're not looking to go through this, you know, explanation of, of simple things. Um, but I think the more people speak up about it, then it will become less of an issue um, because I think it would be quite embarrassing to be kind of pulled up on the spot telling, like, being like, sorry, I didn't ask, basically, for your opinion. I mean, for example, you know, just simple recent controversy, the whole Golfgate dinner thing. You know, do you think that 
if women had been, and it appears as though it was largely men, not entirely, but largely men who were centrally involved in the organising of that event, do you think that if women had been at the heart of, for example, the Oireachtas Golf Society in a more prominent way, that that dinner would have gone ahead? I don't think... It's, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, I'm not sure if it, if it would still have gone ahead if it was all women. I feel like, you know, there would be a lot more comments maybe in the media if it was um, all prominently women that went off for a dinner, uh, a dinner party, let's say. I think there would be a lot more. Kind of, but I, I actually don't know what it had gotten that far. It's, it's really hard to say because man or woman that was completely wrong what happened, what what went on um, and you'd like to think that the repercussions would be the same for both so it is kind of hard to say that it, it would have went ahead if it was all women Yeah, the listener's making the point can men please stop calling younger women pet, love, darling, etc in a professional capacity it is infuriating um, you know, Caitlin, have you, have you found that? Have you come across it? Oh Absolutely, but kind of where I come from is that, like, um, if I can tell that it's not coming from, like, a good place, if they are being condescending, but if they're, like, if, if someone was, like, to me, a man or a woman, oh, take your time, pet, or whatever, if, I, if I'm if i going off to get their, their drinks or their food or whatever, you know, I, I don't see that as something negative, but if it's, you can tell when it's being condescending, you can tell when they're talking down to you, you can tell when... They really are trying to be like, uh, you know, really, really like too overboard with the oh, young girl or pet or love or whatever. But if it, that you can tell it's come from a bad place for sure. Mike has WhatsApped us on 86 Um Hi, Joe, would you get someone uh, to woman-splain to your female listeners how to drive a shopping trolley? My feet are black and blue from being bashed in the shopping aisles by women drivers. Says Mike. <laughs> what are you supposed to say to that? Like this is like blatantly just being rude or whatever. But they'd be the very you know what? There's very men that would say, "Oh, not all men do this. Not all men." And then they go, "Oh, all women are bad drivers." <laughs> yeah, Adana. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose. When it comes to the whole women drivers things, I mean, I have two older brothers and I've been in the car with a lot of them and I really hope they don't hear me say this, but I have to say I feel a lot safer when I'm with my mom or a friend of mine who's another woman driving. Um, And also the RSA stats every year would be quite alarming in that sense as well, that women aren't making up a high percentage of car accidents. But um, And then there was a shopping trolley reference though specifically from Mike. Oh, the shopping trolley reference. Listen, I can't tell you, especially during the pandemic, going about shopping, trying to social distance and the lack of spatial awareness from men. But I suppose it's an area we can all improve in. And um, I hope that Mike is taking every precaution he can. I'm terribly sorry for the injuries that he's sustained. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't quite understand. (laughs) messages like that but yeah I think as well calling women pet or love in workplaces some people don't mind it personally I find it kind of infantilizing um, 
and I feel as well when I'm in a workplace, I'm I'm equal to the you know whatever position I hold, I'm I'm equal to that person. So I find it a bit unprofessional when I'm referred to in that way, especially when it's someone I don't know. Um, but that you know, I suppose that's subject yeah. to well, I don't, I don't change think for I, different people. I don't think I'd like to be called pet in a professional no. environment. <laughs> No, it's 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 kind of if, if, if I were if I were in a meeting and someone started calling me pet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's happened. <laughs> I worked in I've worked in a couple of office environments where in meetings I've been called that, and it's quite in the moment it can be quite embarrassing, or it, it kind of feels like a a put down based on my age. But then there'd be other men my age in the room who don't get called that, and it's, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit odd. I personally don't I don't like it and, and do, do you always call somebody out on it or no no I wouldn't say anything especially in the environment because it's kind of like I know that to them they may not realize that it's infantilizing um and I suppose it's not wanting to create an awkwardness or a tense or a tense environment um in the workplace you know wanting to maintain professionalism yeah. but yeah, yeah if if anybody yeah. in who works in an office Please, please don't call the younger people in the office and over pet. Just, just to be safe, because it can be quite um, frustrating. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of you know the the Limerick debate that goes on, and if you're in another part of the country and somebody makes a, a disparaging remark about Limerick, you know there there seem to be two schools of thought about it. One is that uh, you just sort of let it out over your head. The other is that you take it on, um, and and you know different people have different approaches um, um, on it. Yeah, if anyone was to come, it's I suppose it is similar things like that. You know, Limerick has negative stereotypes. If anyone was to say anything to me about Limerick, I'd be the first one there to defend it. But it's the same thing that um, people have branded women with these stereotypes, and they still uh, like to think that they're they're true or that they exist. But it's just time to get out of that mindset because it's just simply you can't stereotype a whole gender, do you know? Yeah. Uh, Bridget has been in touch uh, about what Mike was saying there in his comments a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Mike, just get stronger nail boots. I think there's a sort of a get over yourself, Mike, uh, tone, tone to, to that. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I tell you, it's it's interesting, uh, the emotions that you've stirred up this morning uh, with uh, the comments that we're getting. So we very much appreciate uh, your time and your contributions. Uh, thank you, uh, President of the UL Feminist Society, uh, Adana Flynn, and journalism graduate, Caitlin Griffin, for joining us. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.